I want to start by putting a picture on, on the, the screen that is probably a very familiar symbol to all of you, and it's a, a simple fuel gauge, right? How many of you have seen one before? Just making sure you're awake. It's true. Um, we, we spend a lot of time staring at these, especially if you drive an automobile of any sort, um, you know that it is important to keep your eye on this kind of thing. And some of you have learned the hard way um, how true that is. And some of you are thinking, yes, the person sitting next to me needs to listen up at this point because maybe they've not taken heed to a low gas tank before. Um, I know this too. There's a terrible evil that was invented some years ago. And uh, I, I, I'll be honest, it, it is evil if, if you consider what I'm going to about to say because um, somebody invented a fuel gauge that also at the same time above it says how many miles until empty. And in, in this area, I need to be careful saying that if you're the one who invented that and, and designed it, I'm so sorry, but I'm, ter- I'm serious when I say it's evil. Because for me, it's just one more reminder, you don't have to stop for gas yet. Takes away all the mystery. Only eight more miles until you're empty. Well, I got my trip is six miles. I don't need to stop yet. Why stop? That's, I don't like stopping the fuel up. I'd rather just keep driving and going and going and going. And maybe you're the same way. And yet there's, there's the problem uh, that comes with not only driving a car on empty, it's even worse when we drive our lives on empty. And a lot of you maybe know even better what that's all about. When you're exhausted. Uh, when, when your physical and emotional and, yes, spiritual gas tank is on empty. And yet we just keep driving along, pushing along, pretending everything's okay, and yet there's something inside of us that says, man, I am just not living life to the full. I'm exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. I'm ready to quit. Why does it have to be this way? <laughs> well, There's a way to cope with that, I suppose, and that is we convince ourselves that emptiness is just a state of mind. And so what we do is we try to cope with our empty reality by doing everything we can to avoid it. Um, Actually kind of looks sort of like my next illustration here where we take it and we just by sheer strength and willpower try to will it away from being empty in our lives and here's how it works. We we cover over it with more busyness. We we figure I'm empty because I'm, I'm not busy enough and so we overcommit ourselves to more things thinking that if we do more things our life will be more full and and we'll have more importance and more purpose and and so we just overcommit ourselves with more busyness or or we medicate ourselves and maybe that that avoidance of emptiness is a pursuit of an addiction maybe it's pornography maybe it's a substance maybe it's alcohol uh, maybe it's a, a, a other kind of uh, pursuit that takes us away from facing reality where we just kind of wipe our minds clear by pursuing something that makes us feel good for moments and yet it only masks a deeper emptiness. And what's left behind is often a guilt or a shame or, or an exhaustion that's even worse than when we started. It's amazing to me, we live in a day and an age where the studies are showing that depression is on a rise, anxiety is on a rise, um, suicide is on the rise. We live in a very hopeless, empty reality as a people, and 
and yet we are busier and wealthier than we've ever been at, at large. It, it would seem we would have every reason to be happy and fulfilled in our lives, and yet so many would say, yet, but I feel more and more empty and more and more longing for something that I don't seem to have a grasp on. And meanwhile, families, they get their kids more and more involved in more and more activity, and, and we see this across the nation where uh, the focus on a spiritual life is, is disappearing and, and becoming least, the least prioritized thing in, in this world. It, it becomes focused on more and more sports and travel leagues, and, and if I, only I could get my kid more involved, then my kid will be more fulfilled in life. And kids are saying, I'm tired, and parents are saying, I'm tired. Do we have to live this way? Is there something better? I find it fascinating to me that the answer to finding fullness in life is an answer that's been there as part of God's plan all along. And it's not by sheer exertion and trying to harder that we're going to overcome emptiness. And it's not by filling our schedules with more things that just get us more involved in more exhausted. It's not by seeking some other substance to just mask it and medicate ourselves. No, there's got to be something more at the core of who we are and how we were designed to fill us. Now, God's word speaks to this. A God who comes to bring fullness. I want to read this with you. A first example is Galatians 4. A God who keeps his promise even in the face of time. Galatians 4, 4 through 5. It's up there. Let's read this together. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. And you think about what God was up to when He brings this fullness of time to bear. A God who is outside of time. A God who is eternal. And at just the right time and in just the right way, God enters into the picture of the emptiness of humanity. And the reality is, is that our Savior Jesus would empty himself in order to bring fullness into our life. A God who would empty himself, humbling himself, going the way of death to deal with the, the emptiness of human existence. God would come to bring a greater purpose and meaning to that through forgiveness and grace brought about by what he would do. That fulfillment is explained in our, our gospel reading today, often read on, on Christmas Day, and, and yet it, it applies here today. Let's, let's read these words from John chapter 1, verse 14. It, it says this, The Word, read it with me, became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Just Reflect on this with me a moment. I, I find for a lot of us, when we are trying to medicate or, or trying to pursue busyness in order to cover up the emptiness and try to fill it, what it only brings is more guilt, more shame, more emptiness, more longing. And, and, and sometimes what happens is we hold God at a, an arm's length thing. You know what? I'm not, I'm not going to even pursue that because after all, if I get close to God, he's only, he's only going to make me feel worse. He's only going to remind me of how terrible I am. He's only going to remind me that, that I, I'm a mess and I'm empty and, and we forget the reason he came was actually to fill us. See, he's full of not judgment and anger, though we deserve that. 
but rather he comes full of grace and truth. As, as John goes on, let's read on from verse 16 to 18. He says, out of his fullness, that is Jesus, we've all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Um, and, and to apply that to what we had read earlier from Galatians, you know, that born under the law to redeem those under the law. Under the law, we are convicted. We are guilty. We have every reason to, to be abolished by our God and dealt with. And yet, he comes full not of judgment in Christ. He comes full of grace and truth. Unlike the law that given by Moses, Jesus brings grace that sets us free today in the fullness of time, in the fullness that Jesus comes to bring. And not just as a representative of Almighty God, says no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is Himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made Him known. Sometimes I'll hear people say, I believe in Jesus and I believe in God as if they're two different things. No, Jesus is God. I believe in Jesus as Almighty God who connects me then to what God the Father and God the Holy Spirit has done in my life bringing faith and bringing fullness to my new reality as a, as a person, child of God. It's who I am. Any pursuit, any attempting at trying to reverse the emptiness on my own, it's not going to happen. I'm just going to be more empty. It's only by what God has done and through faith in who he is and what he has done for me as one who brings that fullness to bear. Do I find meaning and purpose in my life today? Um, or I love what, what Jesus would later say in, in John chapter 10, verse 10. Let's read this one. I love this verse. It's one of my favorites. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Some translations say abundant or more abundantly, but one of the original translations of English always says like to the full. The fullness of life. Jesus comes to give us life, not just fleshly, earthly life, but spiritual life, the fullness of life in its every aspect. It's what we long for. It's what we desire as people. And as you come here today, may, may God meet you with that fullness and that reality of who he is and what he has done. I want to show you a picture of an opportunity I, I had in, in recent days. Um, this is uh, our sixth grade class, um, our faith class. And uh, Steve Wilson, our director of child and family ministry, many of you know, went on a Holy Land tour recently and was gone for a couple weeks. And, and he'd left a, a list of things that um, we'd need to cover while he was gone. And, and one of those was teaching sixth grade uh, faith classes. And and uh, I thought, you know what, I, it's been a long time since I've, I've done that on an ongoing basis. I'm like, hey, I'll do that. That sounds fun. And, and uh, I have to say, after two weeks, um, this is me sending a message to Steve, it's time to come home, right? <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm kidding because it was an amazing time. Exhausting. And I, I told our teachers, you know what you do every day as teachers spending time with our amazing kids, and they are amazing, and the opportunity to teach in all areas of, of, of learning, but to be able to share that in Jesus' name and share how Jesus applies to every area of life, whether it be from reading and, and, and writing to uh, arithmetic math, right? And those call it the, the R's of, of learning, but also in our case, faith, religion, which is added to that, and, and grace in Jesus. 
And, and to be able to teach that and share that with our kids. And one of the things I, one of the highlights was early on I'd shared a, uh, that I'd been praying for one of my neighbors, um, who uh, family, beautiful family, they moved in the, the cul-de-sac about the same time we did, and getting to know him when you take the garbage out, and, and uh, I've discovered they don't know Jesus, right? They're not a, a Christian family. Um, and I, I shared with them, I've been praying more intentionally for them, looking for opportunities to share Jesus, and, and I, what struck me was every single day after I shared that story, Every single day, the first question the sixth graders asked me at the beginning of every class for those two weeks, did you get an opportunity to share last night? Have you shared Jesus yet? And uh, it, what I realized is they were excited about the fact that I had an opportunity and it was opening their eyes to ask the question, who can I share Jesus with too? This is part of an everyday experience of being in a Christian school, a Lutheran school like ours. Sometimes we'll hear people say, you know, is it, is it really worth it? I mean, we spend a lot of resources here. It's a big part of our annual budget as a, a church and a school to do a school ministry. I mean, is it really worth it? Is it really worth the thousands and thousands of dollars? Is it really worth the, the thousands and thousands of dollars in tuition support and tuition support to our Lutheran High School Association for families to say, we want to make that a priority. And, you know, could say, well, is it really worth it? I mean, after all, we... We're in an area with amazing public schools, and, and they are amazing, no doubt about it. And, and some of you are even teachers in our public schools, being a light of the gospel in our community. No doubt about it, our, our public schools are incredible. So the question is, is it really worth spending the resources and the time and effort to have a Christian school here? And I'm here to tell you, absolutely, without a doubt. Uh, It's an incredible opportunity. And when we talk about the fullness of Jesus and being able to share that openly every single day in every area of life and faith and family life and walking together in the fullness of Christ, absolutely, it's worth it. We get to do that every day. Our school isn't perfect. Our teachers aren't perfect. Our families aren't perfect. Our kids aren't perfect. No, but guess what? to invest in something that changes lives every single day. It's part of my story. Um, Every once in a while I share this. It's been a while, but I'll tell you, this is part of my story. I went to a public grade school growing up, and I had every intention to go to a public high school, and and there would have been nothing wrong with that. I mean, all my friends where I grew up in my town, that's what we did. You went to public grade school, you went to public high school. And I'll never forget the the morning when I woke up, and uh, I... This is like two weeks before school was going to start, going to go be my freshman year in high school. And I woke up, I said to my mom, I said, hey, do you, do you think it would be too late to go to um, Lutheran High School? And, and, and you got to understand, that was such a big deal for me to say because I was completely against it. Totally against it. Like, I wouldn't even talk about it. Like, I'm not abandoning my friends to go to a different school that was 10 miles away and the commute and all the things involved with that. I'm like, come on, who would, who would do that? And, and yet, that morning, I woke up and I just said it. I said, do you think it's too late? And my mom got up and she, had, she says, not at all. I have the registration papers all filled out and the check as well. And with tears in her eyes, she gave me a hug and she says, this is an answer to prayer today. I said, what? What do you mean? And and, and I had no idea, right? And, and you fast forward a few months, and here I am. Um, and I'd never even visited the campus. I, I knew where it was. That's about it. And, and, and to meet new friends. And, 
for the first time in my life, and granted, I went to church every Sunday, I went through confirmation, all that was great stuff, but what I didn't realize is I'd never really spent time reading the Word. And my first year at Lutheran High School, as a freshman, and we were reading through the book of Ephesians, and, and we get to chapter 2, and for it's by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God. And Mr. Werner, my teacher, went up to the, the board, and, and he writes the word grace, which I'd heard that word many, many times. And then behind grace, he, he wrote an equal sign. And I thought, well, what's, what's he going to write? And, and he drew a picture of a present, a gift, a three-dimensional gift. I can still see it in my mind, what he drew on the board. And, and, and I, I can only tell you this, what God had done in my baptism, giving my heart faith, that day caught up to my head. For the first time, and I raised my hand and I said, wait a minute, are, are you saying that God's grace is a gift? That, that grace equals gift? In other words, you're saying that what Jesus did on the cross and his love for me is what gets me to heaven. It's not by me attempting to be good enough and, and trying to live up and measure up because i got to be honest, I was empty. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a freshman in high school, empty and filled with guilt and shame and doubts and, and fears. And, and here Mr. Werner is saying that God has given us a gift in Jesus and I'm asking all these questions about this, and I wanted to yell and shout out, why didn't anybody ever tell me this before? And I'm sure they had. I just never heard it before. And I remember the, the whole class who, you know, up to that point, I was always amazed by their biblical understanding and knowledge, and it was clear most of them had gone to um, Christian Lutheran grade schools, and they'd learned this stuff, and it was all new to me. And I'm like, why didn't anybody tell me this? And they're all looking at me like, how do you not know this? And yet that was the day God opened the door very clearly for me that what could be more important than sharing grace. Um, it's why you're stuck with me as a pastor today, by the way. So if you want to ask me if Lutheran schools are important, <laughs> it's my employment, it's my livelihood, it's more than that. It's my life in Jesus to share the gospel. It makes a difference when God's word fulfilled through his promises and when given an opportunity in the lives of our family and we're busy and there's so much we could pursue to try and overcome emptiness, God, it meets us in the fullness of his grace through his people. And he meets us through his word. And why wouldn't we be people of the word in every aspect, in every opportunity we are given? And God continue to bless us in that as he meets us in his fullness with life in him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, often we forget and often we, we live lives with an empty tank. And it's not what we are made for. It's not what we're created for. Lord Jesus, you made us with a longing for fullness. And it's something only you can give. Lord Jesus, continue to draw us closer to you as people of your word. People who crave it, long for it, and realize it's there in your presence that we are filled. Because it connects us to the living word. A relationship with you, Jesus that gives us a gift of grace and that fullness of grace that you offer that sets our hearts free to know that we are loved, that we are forgiven, that we are set free to live eternally, solely and completely by what you have done. And that releases us then to want to serve and share as the, 
but grace overflows in our lives to others. Lord, so bless us as a church, as a school, as a community, to celebrate that fullness more and more as your people today and always. It's in Jesus' name we praise you. Amen. Amen.